lifestyle. It's the bachelor lifestyle. Can I sleep for a minute? It's my first impression, Rose. Prime back to Jay Stewart breaking down all the shows. It's the bachelor on ABC with Chris Harrison. You crying in a limo sent home. How embarrassing. The most dramatic ever. And that's what we like. Play your Welcome back. Right you are listening to The Bachelor Lifestyle from TheBallerLifestyle.com. Do me a favor. Click, give this show a five-star review right now on whatever app you're listening to it on and post a review that is tremendously beneficial for a fledgling show. This is a show we used to do on the Baller Lifestyle platform, and now we've moved it, we've segmented it off onto its own feed, and we're trying to let this little baby run by itself and, and be our own little bachelor thing outside of the Baller Lifestyle universe, so... It would be really cool if you could help us promote ourselves. And all you got to do is click five, the five-star rating, post a little review about how fucking funny we are and what a great show this is. And that'll help us climb in the viewership it's algorithm. It's a word I couldn't think of. Uh, thank you for doing that. As, as you know, we are plugging away, chugging away. I think we're like two episodes away from the fucking end and there has never been a more boring bachelor than this Clayton guy. He doesn't, I would be, I know that Colton was a virgin and it turned out cause he was a gay man. And is, does anybody else see Colton being normalized? And I'm happy that he can live his truth, but he's being normalized. He got a reality show. He's, um, he's, lo- he gets, a. uh, uh tweets and and instagram posts and articles in us weekly every week have we all forgotten that he um he terrorized a woman that won his his season that cassie he terrorized her and she had to get a restraining order because he was stalking her and putting putting tracking devices on her car and making her feel unsafe and making her life a living hell i'm not saying that he can't recover from that but it's there's he's spoken about and and He's made this comeback as a gay man. Happy for him. But I'm also a little sad for Cassie that uh, she got kind of a shitty edit out of this and a and a shitty bachelor experience. And I would like to read an Us Weekly article from her. I would like to know how her life is going today because he made it very awful. That said, this guy, Clayton, seems even more virginal than Colton. This is this is he's. Uh, He's he's like a re-virgin or something. He's so boring. He's got no zero fucking testosterone other than being a tall dude. This guy is putting no moves on these chicks. He's he's just a real zero, a real fucking vanilla nothing. And this this shows it's not what it once was. Let's be honest. I'm joined now. Of course, my name is Brian Beckner. I'm joined now as always by Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello everybody. Yes, hello, everybody. Now, uh, it's funny that you refer to this podcast as fledgling. Now, you know, what? we've probably done 20 seasons total of this bre- probably. You know, Bachelor franchise, Likely. at least, yes. actually. Yes. I mean, that's that's probably on the short end. And with, hey, with, with different inc- – I mean, you and I have been here, but there have been other people here along with oh. us that aren't here. So, They're no longer so there here. Is, so there's like this fledgling – uh, podcast that's been out for fifteen years or ten years, whatever it's been. Well, it's and it's sprung it's, it's sprung to its own feed. Is my point? I get it. Yeah. No, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying, but and and so much so 
have we been around that it's it's often referred to as um, the great white in a sea of bachelor podcasts. I've heard because, that it is often called it, yeah. a great white in the sea of bachelor podcasts. Yeah, because because <laughs> we have teeth. Yeah. This this podcast has teeth. That's for sure. So, um, just to remark on on the uh, the Underwood thing, I, you and I or I know I know I I for sure. Uh, I, I had my spidey senses going throughout you you absolutely did. whole yeah. career yeah. on the Bachelor. Your gaydar. I think I, call, I think I called it early. Your gaydar was alerting, um, and I I am I am resentful that that the dude um, is getting so much publicity yeah. for for not only after being a stalker, lying to the world, yep. um, and doing all this stuff like he. He, it's just it just seems like a publicity play everything he does so getting engaged or getting married now just seems like he's doing it for publicity which sure. is uh i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm resentful it's, of the whole thing and i'm happy that he's he's found himself and i'm sure that was very difficult to live that way and not be able to admit who you were to yourself to the world and living in a, in a society that makes it difficult to do that I'm just saying that his his journey is someone else's trauma and no one no one seems to remember that. And I would just like to keep that detail alive. I'm not saying he can't be happy and he can't he can't continue on and and flourish in life. I'm just saying that part of him finding himself meant destroying someone else's life. And that isn't okay. And that should be the first line on his resume, at least for now. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that that's why podcasts like ours exist because we have teeth and we're, we're not afraid to say it. That's right. Um, now, um, Clayton, on the other hand, he's a lot like Underwood and I don't know if he's gay necessarily. But no, he's not. They're, he's not. they're both, they're both equal in uh, emotional yeah. maturity yeah. and, you know, to skip to the end and then we'll work our way back, I guess. Like if you, if you fall in love with more than one woman, which basically just means you haven't had the emotional experience or the number of relationships in life to handle a show like this, where 30 women are attracted to you. If he is, he has admitted that he's in love with at least three of them, if not all four of the uh, women in home. Yes. So yeah. to me, that just, that just screams, that he's just so emotionally immature and to use a sports analogy, you know, the old saying, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's right. If you've, if you've fallen in love with three women, you haven't fallen in love with one. So he um, did, he did say, and I quote, I feel like I have a connection with most of the girls here. Right. That's, that's not a good sign. If, if one has not leapt out, at this point, as the one you're most interested in, as the one that just is ha- has hit you in the heart in a way that makes you not think of the rest of them, that means you don't like any of them. Right. Not only is he dense and uninteresting, but he also is emotionally immature, which um, I guess you have to give a, uh, a thumbs up to the, the person that that decided to cast this guy because he's, he's a fascinating subject on a reality show for being all these things, even though um, the, you know, 
the theme of the show is supposedly to find one web, to find marriages. Yep. Um, so anyways, let's begin. Um, I'll go quickly back a couple episodes. As Blow it out. The, the, the episode prior to hometowns yep. is always a big one because, look, they're down to five or six women, and he's only going to go to the homes of four of them. So there's a lot of jockeying. There's a lot of nastiness. And as we left off on our last podcast, for those that are binging right now, uh, Mara is the villain. Mara is the yep. the 32-year-old going on uh, 46. Yep. Yep. Year old woman who's jealous of the woman that's half her age, Sarah, who's 23. And Mara, um, she goes out of her way and she hits all the villain notes and um, starts making shit up about the young yep. lady. And then starts. I, I like the fact that she pulled her aside at the rose ceremony. Yep. And after Sarah had already survived a lot of the vitriol and a lot of the attempts by the old lady, um, Mara pulls her aside and says, look, everyone here thinks this, which is a real, real yep. dick move yep. in a, in a, uh, on a reality show mm-hmm. to be like, everyone thinks this. I'm the only one with the balls to say it. That's like, right. It's just such a dick move. And, and it's a you, lie. Anybody that says that yes. everybody thinks something is lying. Right. It means they have n- no one on their side. They're ju- they're That's just ex- making exactly. that up. Yeah. Exactly right. And and it's their their way of trying to get in a couple jabs and the um, you know, emotionally weak people fall for it. But Sarah seems pretty strong, but Mara's point to her face to face was look you thought you had to you've you've thought you've had this thing once since the beginning. You're acting like you're acting real conceited. Watch the way you act around us because it's really rude. And I'm thinking that's what you got. That that's where you're going. Like the like it matters how how she treats you in the house. Like that the show isn't about two people finding love. Um kind of a last ditch hail Mary for Mara to get under Sarah's skin. She said, she said, she said, you're getting a little cocky. And she said, yeah. we don't like your overconfident cocky words. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. And yeah. for, pe- for people that don't remember Mara, she's the square jawed one who exclusively talks about how she hasn't gotten enough time with Clayton. Right. Yeah. And inevitably, um, she's sent home at that rose ceremony because he believes uh, he believes that Mara was uh, was the one that kind of sold Sarah out. Mara spent a, a good part of three or four episodes complaining that she wasn't being given a fair shake. Yeah. There's always there's always a contestant on these shows who thinks that the. The goal of the show is to give everyone equal time and a fair shake yep. at the at the subject. And Mara uh, fell into that, and she's out. Zero so. ones on ones, none. No ones on ones. Yep. Nothing. And 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 I did notice that Clayton, even when you know when Mara seemingly was was. Uh, was you know making inroads with him and he might be believing it he didn't make out with her which 
she, I think she's the only one. Like Clayton yep. is just so dense and so emotionally yep. immature that Empty. Like, they usually, usually get to a point in the conversation where he's got no words and he just starts making out with you. Yeah, that's, that is true. That's what he does. He does do that. Um, or he goes, he goes, I'm not, I'm just like, I need a minute. And then he leaves. And when he comes back, he never talks about the reason he needed a minute. <laughs> which is great. They, they, this Mara is, and it's not her fault, but she's part of the new bachelor ploy where they realize people can't stomach a, a season long villain, or they can't have one villain that lasts, you know, right up to the last couple episodes where he decides. So their, their new pivot is to have a new villain every couple episodes. And Mara's villainhood lasted the last two episodes. And it was really boring. She was the most boring villain this season. There was, there was, um, Shanae and there was Elizabeth. And there's been other villains, and then and then they're just we're running out of villains, and they go, "What about that girl that complains about not getting enough time?" And she also has a real square jaw, and they go, "Okay, let's make her the villain for these two episodes." And then they're like, "You mean the one that says she's 32?" And then they have yeah. their, their own giggle. Well, like, there's wink, a lot wink, of that. There's a um, lot of that this season. So, um, just to kind of get to the crux of the big controversy, I, you know, I don't traffic. In online uh, spoilers, I don't traffic in the rumors and whatnot that your Us magazine or People or whatever will pick up on yeah. after S- these episodes. But I guess Steve, the controversy. Steve, reality out. Steve, friend of ours. Yeah. yeah, reality Steve's always on top of this. Now, again, this is the episode prior to Hometowns. So it's very important that Clayton chooses the right four, right? So one of the dates, the group date, is I think they they're still in uh, in Europe, and yep. they go to the place where Sigmund Freud practiced or is born or something, whatever. It's Vienna. Yeah, yeah. And there's something, and there's a psychoanalysis or psychoanalyst there, right? And the whole um, gist of the of the group date is this psychoanalyst uh, is going to sit down with Clayton and the woman. And they're just going to have like hardcore therapy sessions. I think I fast forwarded this. Who was the woman? Well, it's too bad you fast forwarded because this was the subject of all the uh, controversy. So it was um, (laughs) if there was if if there was like seven or eight women. No, there isn't. There can't be right there. there If there are four or five women, all of them got their own time sitting down with Clayton and this therapist. Oh, I fast forwarded this. And, and a couple of them like revealed awful things and were crying. And, and the, the, this is what the format was. The woman grilled the, the uh, analyst grilled the woman. The woman gave up her entire fucking life story. And then Clayton holds them and makes out with them and walks them out. Like, Clayton never had to do any of the sharing in this thing. It was basically yes, just a, of course not. the woman's got to tell, got to reveal herself. So to show any red flags. Well, um, Genevieve, poor girl, she's the one who was on the two on one date with the big villain who just kind of locks up yeah. when anything mm-hmm. negative happens. And she just literally has nothing to say. Well, Genevieve sits down with this therapist and she, 
literally has nothing to say. Like mm-hmm. it was just like a, there was like a kind of a macro subject going on. Like, you know, what, how do you feel about Clayton and what, what are you looking for? And she just didn't say anything. She was just dumbstruck. And Clayton literally yeah. saw her do this yeah. and said, you know what? Could we have, could we have the room to ourselves? And the, the therapist leaves and, uh, and Clayton to make a long story short, it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this just isn't working out for us. And he fires her from out. the show. He fired yeah, her from he, the show. Yeah, he 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 walks Genevieve out after failing miserably in a really what serious a piece of therapy shit. session. What a piece of shit! Oh, so, so what, J- Jason, just two things, and I want I don't 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 lose that thought because I want to come back to this. But there's a couple things we need to cover. One, I was fast forwarding because they said. When they said we're going to Vienna and they said we're going to have a Sigmund Freud date, I just pictured them doing copious amounts of cocaine. I thought they were just going to be snorting, (laughs) boofing, injecting each other with cocaine. And I'm like, I don't want to hear a bunch of chicks talk about how they're going to start a business together. So I skipped ahead of that, which which was a mistake. But one thing before they went to Vienna, he um, Clayton had a one on one date Susie. With Susie, and yeah. there there was a very important moment in that date. I don't want to get us kicked off of the any websites here, but they were dancing after their dinner, and the the legend Chris DeBerg was there. Playing Lady in Red, his massive hit from the early 1980s, one of the most romantic songs that's ever been recorded. Sure. And despite the fact that these these people gush when it's some rando quasi country <laughs> singer that no one's ever heard of, there's a guy there playing the piano and singing a song. That literally everyone has heard many times in their life, and they didn't acknowledge it at all. Nope. They didn't say <laughs> he's probably sold 30 million records. It's a it's a wildly famous hit song that's that's been around for 35 years. And they didn't acknowledge, and it wasn't like they had like a like a local fucking piano bar singer singing it. It was the actual guy singing the song in the same room as them, and they didn't say shit about it. That's fascinating. It's 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 almost like it's almost like uh, he must not like be connected to a a, a record. <laughs> Distributor or something, but why did he happen happen to be down the street? He he happened to be in Vienna at the same time, and he has a well-known jam, and he sang it for them, and no one acknowledged that that was what was going on. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Continue, Jason. I interrupted. Yeah, and and by the way, on that date, uh, Susie was. You you love this concept. Susie was taken to. a high class uh, clothing store. (laughs) He took her on a shopping spree. She got to pick out all these dresses and shoes and stuff. And she, she kept saying, this is the most incredible thing somebody has ever done for me. When 
you know that it's a barter deal that Clayton sure as hell isn't paying for it. And the show isn't really paying for it. She's like, she's like, no one has ever done anything like this for me before. And I'm like, including Clayton, who's not doing this for you. She said, I feel like a real life princess again. Not he has no doing. And then he said, he says, I love being able to spoil you. <laughs> wow. With other people's, uh, with other people's money. I, I love being able to spoil you. With yes. Zero, just zero uh, sacrifice of my own. Unbelievable. Yes, totally. Okay. Yeah, Continue. Well, um, so, you know, after Genevieve is, is released and whatnot, after she fails the therapy session, um, this is when I guess the internet just went crazy. Like, how can the bachelor do this? How can the bachelor basically take us into an intimate setting where, you know, therapy sessions are supposed to be private and, and have these women compelled to like lay their life on the line. And for like failing that experiment, this woman is sent home. It was, a, it was just like such a, a bad optic, I guess, for the show to to even allow yeah. this date concept in the first place and then literally to have it be a punitive thing like you didn't you couldn't even withstand the grilling of a psychoanalyst i can't marry you they, they, and um, they did the same thing last season remember one girl's like admitted she had an eating disorder and another girl's like i got bullied and i'm like what yeah. is going on here like what yeah. how who thinks that this is a good idea because right. it is it's not really like these, these people are contestants on a game show. They shouldn't be subjected to this. And I would be like Genevieve. I'd be like, I got nothing to say. Like I'm not doing fucking psychotherapy for five minutes on a fucking network game show. You know, like this is not, we're here to bungee jump and eat fucking cow eyeballs. We're not here to talk about our fucking childhood trauma. Right. I mean, and, and if you want to do that, you can voluntarily offer these things in conversation. Sure. That's up to you. But to be compelled under under questions by a professional, I think that's where that's where it crossed the line with a lot of people. So I, I, again, for a guy who I, I steer clear of anything out on the outside, I came across it, and I guess it was a really big deal for a new cycle. Totally. So, remember now. Remember in the 1980s, there was a show. It was called Family Feud, and this drunk. British dude used to host it. His name was Richard Dawson. And he would come out there at the beginning of the show and he'd introduce the fan. It was, you come out there with your family and you answer questions about like who name number one, what's um, name something you'd find on your breakfast plate. And you'd be like, and you'd be like bacon. And he'd be like, number one answer. And it it was bacon. And then you'd have to keep naming things until you ran out of shit that's on. Then finally somebody would be like um, blood sausage and it wouldn't be up there. And you'd be like, oh, sorry. But he would he would come out there and he would tongue kiss all the female family members. It'd be like this. (laughs) Hey, Richard, this is my um, aunt. June, she's 98 years young this year. We're just happy to have her out here. She's got all her faculties and she, we're just so happy she's here. And Richard Dawson be like, hi there, lovely lady. And he go, and he tongue her in the mouth. Every woman he do, he do the grandma, he do your niece, you know, he'd hit everybody with a tongue kiss. And you were required to do that. You were trapped there. You, it was expected. This is, this is worse. 
This is worse than a tongue kiss from Richard Dawson. This is, they're, they're like, hey, get out there and talk about how your fucking kindergarten teacher was inappropriate or you're going home. That's all there is to it. Like you got, you better find something, find something <laughs> that hurts and talk about it or you have to leave. And that's fucked up. Okay, go on. I guess the biggest difference being it being, you know, 50 years later when uh, when we should know better, like in, in the 70s, like imagine if Richard Dawson was getting away with that on national TV. Imagine what bosses were getting away with with their secretaries every single day. Exactly. Mad men. So, so um, the thing that did result from the psychoanalyst thing and then we'll move on. Yep. was. Uh, the professional psychoanalyst who is supposed to be helping the bachelor figure out who his wife is. That's right. She's the therapy is for him to figure out who the wife is. Cause remember the goal of the show is for one person to find one wife and that's it. Right. Yes. Um, she drops this seed in to his ear of the three or four women that did the psycho, uh, the therapy. She says one of them was being performative. Now, is that is in, yes in real life in real life it would just be like sarah the young one she's being performative yeah. because i'm trying to help you find your wife but she just completely adds mystery just like this show does and says one of the four is performative so it's up to him to figure it out is this but also is that not a breach of ethics like are right. you are you there to Talk to talk to a, a someone that's not not even related. There's someone that has no no connection whatsoever to the person you just analyze, and you're like, "Hey, let me tell you about this uh, about what I saw in this person's the session I just did with this person." Like this person should. I know this was in Vienna, where there probably are no rules, but it like this person should lose their license. Like, are there, are there any like medical boards there? Is, is this person actually a physician? Like, I need answers. Yeah, I think she was like the person that was in charge of the estate. I don't even oh, know if she was, right, uh, right. I don't even know if she was qualified. But yeah. um, anyways, long story short, uh, this, this puts a seed in his ear. And then at cocktails that night, he just determines that the person that was being performative is this person that Mara, the, the, uh, the 32-year-old going on 46, uh, the the girl that Mara says is is immature and she's she's not who she, who she says she is. So uh, Clayton just decides Sarah is the performative one and walks her out at the cocktail party. So now it's basically uh, um, five women for four roses to go to hometowns. It goes down to between the Virgin Teddy yep. and Gabby, the uh, Broncos cheerleader from Denver. Yep. Virgin Teddy is not going to lose her virginity on The Bachelor because so, she's going home. The Bachelor, it's good to see The Bachelor has returned. You know, The Bachelor went woke for a couple years. They fired Chris Harrison for his lack of wokeness. They tried to let us know that they they had changed with the times and then once the once they got a new host, now they're back to doing what they do best, and that is slowly eliminating all the minorities and letting a white person win, <laughs> which okay. is what they've always and, done. 
And but I will say this: Serene yep. made the final four. She gonna so win, Serene, Jason? She gonna win the show? Well, Serene made the final four, so she is the one uh, woman of color that advanced. Serene, if you're counting the four of them, Susie, the aforementioned um, yep. lady in red, tail. the lady in red, and. Um, Gabby, who's a, a cheerleader, former Bronco cheerleader, and then uh, Rachel, who is the Italian from Florida, who every time they're together, they do this these like passionate makeout sessions, like they're on the verge of having sex. So I just assume Rachel was going to make it to the overnights, uh, which. Yep. By the way, we're referred to a couple of times in this episode as fantasy suites. So I think the the, the gay friend called them fantasy suites. I'm just, yeah, yeah. They're they're slowly allowing that to creep back in without <laughs> anybody connected to the show saying it, which is which is cheap, which is bitch behavior on the part of the bachelor, in my opinion. So the episode of hometowns begins, and I'm just going to say it should be called hometowns with a subtitle. Family is very important to me. Uh, yes. <laughs> each subject has to make sure that they say that at least once during the episode. Susie, uh, the Cinderella, is first up. She's from uh, from Virginia. So I think she was Miss Virginia at some point. Uh, has some jiu-jitsu in her background. They do a, they do a date that involves that uh, martial art uh, discipline. They do jiu-jitsu? Yeah, they did some jujitsu. Oh, I miss that. The, ins- the instructor, uh, n- not very personable. Um, Susie, she's the then- she's the she's from Virginia, right? Is she she's the um, she was like Miss Virginia. Yes, she's Miss the videographer. Virginia, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, now, I do have to give credit to uh, my girlfriend Christina's son, James. Yep, met him, sweet now, James, kid. James just walks into the room. Hasn't really been watching the season. Good for him. He just walks walks into the room and says, "That guy looks like Easter Island head." From, Amazing. Um, Amazing. From Night at the Museum. Yeah, he does. East, yeah, and and so we went on YouTube to look at the yep. uh, Easter Island head from Night at the Museum, and it, it is Clayton. So I, I got to give credit to James I'm, for nailing that. I'm going to actually name the episode that this episode is going to go up on the internet and it's going to be called Easter Island Head. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Easter Island Head is going to overnights. Now, um, let's see. Susie's family is kind of boring. Not much drama. She really loves her dad. Her dad loves Clayton. The end. Um, the second date is Gabby in Denver and they do an outside date. They're hiking. Um, not much going on here except for Gabby. And this is, this is, this is a big detail, right? Gabby says to him, my father's girlfriend. Yes. Um, is amino compromised and he does, he doesn't want to come over because of the threat of COVID. I, so yes, very sad. I don't want to do that anymore. We're not do, we're not talking about COVID ever again on TV, right? We're done. We're not doing that anymore. It's done. It's over. It's over. Also, we had two. We had a, we had the first date, and not I'm not in any way to mean to make light of this, but it's just it just happens to show up on these shows a lot. The on the first date, we had a cancer dad, and then the second hometown, we have cancer dad's girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's very, it's very tough. Yeah. 
So um, Gabby was like, the good thing about this is that she, once she mentions to Clayton once that her dad's not going to be at the, yeah. Uh, yeah. At the date, yeah. we, we never hear about it again. <laughs> that, that, that's the great thing about this date. It's, yeah. um, or every two minutes she yeah. brings up her dad not being at the date. I, now, her grandfather, which is a great old guy, I like him a lot. Her grandfather's there and her aunt and uncle and uh, did I mention her father can't be there? So yeah, her, gran- her grandfather's sitting there. The, and, you know, the, they, yeah. They just introduced Clayton to the family and, and they're like, hey, how's this journey been for you guys? And Gabby has the uh, balls to tell the story. Unbelievable. Of what, what she did out of the limo. And, and you and I probably forgot all about I this. I had forgotten. Gabby was the one who brought <laughs> a pillow with her picture on it. Yeah. Yep. And said, I don't even know how, what, maybe it was his picture on it yep. and said, hopefully I'll, eventually I want to sit on your face. Yeah. That's what she said. She said, I've been walking. like, she said, these shoes or something making my feet tired. I, I, I hope I can just sit on your face or something. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And you'd think that the, the family would be aghast that this story has been told. And Grandpa just starts laughing. Grandpa loved it. Starts, oh, that's a good one. Great oh joke. Grandpa, I can't believe you did that. Grandpa loved hearing his granddaughter talk about, about face smothering the Easter Island. <laughs> yes, a stranger she had just met with yeah. her vagina. Yeah. Which I I support for her, of course, yeah. but it seems a little odd to uh, you know maybe they're just that kind of family that just talk and and uh, Grandpa's probably like oh you should have seen me railing your grandma back in the day I just I had her on all fours and she started yeah have you ever heard the sound a seal makes she that's what she said that's what your grandma sounded like she barks like a seal when i'm when i'm hitting it from behind like who talks like that to their to their grandparents that was a little that was a little jarring yep oral oral sex is always on the table yep. at family gatherings with with gabby um now this is when it really gets corny um i don't know if i mentioned this but the father couldn't be at the date but what happens at, at the end of the date is Gabby's crying that her father's not there for the 80th time. Yeah. There's a honk outside. Oh, now, shit. I fast forwarded this, this too. Just a, just a huge surprise. It was so much of a surprise that there were cameras and lights set up on the outside to catch the car coming in and beeping. Um, so she walks outside the door and some corny producer thought it was a good idea for the dad to do a love actually to where he wasn't going to say anything to her or touch her. He was going to, from a distance, do the uh, cue cards. Yeah. Oh, right. And, yeah. yeah. And, and the, and the, cue, <laughs> the cue cards are something along the lines of, I love you. I trust your judgment. You know, yeah. and my thing is this. My thing is this. Yeah. The reason why she wanted him there, the reason why you, you want your mom and dad there is so that they can get a read on the guy and then tell you if he's full of shit or if yeah. he's a good guy or whatever. Yeah. This, the cue cards did nothing of the sort. And Clayton wasn't even there. My thing is, if you really wanted this, yeah. has it not become like 
the way of the world to do a Zoom call. FaceTime. Like, I, yeah. I literally interviewed for many job positions on yeah. Zoom. Yeah. There's teletherapy. Yeah. It's a it's a common way to communicate in this day and age. Just set up a fucking Zoom session. Yeah. As opposed to some weird love actually uh bad spinoff. Or do or do like the prison phone setup where you got you, you have dad in a loose you go to dad's house and he's like in a lucite box yeah at the door and then you pick up you have the little phone thing <laughs> and you pick up exactly. and you talk to each other over the phone right right it, it, it just it was just ridiculous the whole thing was fucking ridiculous um but gabby loved it she walked away loving it and they make out and she says that she loves them okay by the way two for two uh, women have told him that they, they love him. Um, and also two for two, Clayton has told a family member that he's not there yet. Yeah. Um, yes. He, he makes that, he makes the, he makes this mistake at least two or three times on the, on these hometowns. Look, Gabby, Gabby is not winning the, she's clearly not winning the bachelor right. and that's fine, right. but she's, she's a strong second round pick for bachelor in paradise. And that's what we got to be thinking about at this point, because whoever wins the bachelor, we're never going to see again, but we got to start right. thinking of these people well, when definitely. they're, when they're going to show up and there's two in the, in the final four, there's two that aren't going to win that are extremely strong candidates as bachelor in paradise contestants. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, so, um, what Clayton does, I think there's a couple of things you don't want to do. So obviously you can't, you can't tell the world that you have fallen in love with any, with, with any of these women to their family. I get that. That's a part of the game. So when a family member asks if you're in love with her, that's an unfair question, but they're over the years, the contestants have found ways to answer that question without answering it. Clayton's just out and out says, I haven't gotten there yet. Which is like, yeah. What, that just means they're going to run it back to the subject, and totally. then he also mentions other women. Yeah. He says, you know, I haven't told, I haven't told any of the women that I love them, and it's like, don't say to the father of this woman that there are, th- don't don't mention the fact that there are three other women in play. Just just let that be like, um, I guess. It, you know, let that be a thing that's implied, but don't actually rub it in the guy's face. Totally he does agree. that several times. Yep. So uh, they move up to uh, Claremont. I've never heard of the city, Claremont, Florida. Believe this is, is. I believe this is in the Orlando area because she says Central Florida, and it's it's stunning to me that this is a place that's even been settled. Anybody that's been to the Orlando area, or God forbid, yeah. lives there, it's it's truly the armpit of America's penis really just one of the worst places on the planet the weather the disney the fucking sights it is fucking horrible yeah and I, I, it just seems like the per- perfect place for a former mob soldier to retire <laughs> like it just seems with, like a, the perfect place with with some type of traumatic brain injury. Let's be honest. Like yeah, yes, this moves yeah. a little slow. Exactly. So that brings us to after they, they go canoeing among gators Wait. and they make out in water. Yeah. Wait, you skip serene. 
Um, if I skipped her, we, we can double back. But no, I, we don't I need wanna, to. I want to. Yeah, I want to get to Rachel. Serene, so, Serene's from Oklahoma City. She's not winning the Bachelor either, so don't worry about it. But there is a couple of interesting things that happen there. But they, but they, they do that, trapeze. They do. <laughs> they go on a trapeze <laughs> date. Like what's? That's the kind of shit you would do. Actually, Jason. They do do a couple things that you're interested in. They do trapeze bungee, which you love, and they do a hiking date, which you do nearly every weekend. Right, two different contestants, but yes, yes he, yeah. he hiked. He hiked with uh, with Gabby, and so let's just let's just call what it, call it is. It is what it is. Is that the word? Yeah. Uh, call a spade a spade here. Yep. Um, the this was not a bungee jump this was not anything of any risk the no. yeah. um the you know the thing that she chose to take him on which i guess is supposed to identify yeah. uh Oklahoma City is a really lame yes. uh kind of amusement park slash risk taking thing where they are completely connected to the metal yep. or to this, uh, yep. I don't even know. You, they're completely connected to the obstacle. They're, ca- they're carabinered there's, to there's, a harness. There's, yeah. There's never any risk of actually falling or anything like that. And they do obstacles. Of course, all these things are to bring up the cliches that, you know, love is indeed like an obstacle course. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to always, uh, find things to have to over it have to you know overcome you're going to find things that are difficult there's a lot of highs and lows you know the higher you go the scarier it gets all these stupid ass love cliches for this obstacle course Mm -hmm. and and then they do at the end they're like all right it's a 50 feet jump and it's not bungee no it's very controlled like you just step off step off um a ledge and it's very controlled on the way down i thought it was so lame jay stew's a bungee purist I just thought it was so. Lame. It was lame. It was lame. But there, there were, and he was, he was, he was really, uh, you know, he he was not huge puss. Very huge good puss. at this. this huge yeah, puss. This yeah. was not. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Um, I will say also, this. So, so, yes. Hold on. Before you get to Rachel, Serene's brother does a Jordan Peele style Obama impression every time he talks. <laughs> Did you get that? He's like, I can't do. I he, I could do it if I wasn't on mic. He, yeah, he has like a, that Oklahoma accent. Yeah, um, good looking guy, but yeah, I, I found him fascinating. Yeah, I'm not sure he's straight. I, well, I think that yes. the jury's still out on that too. But For like, sure, he actually, I thought, added a, like a, a a conscience or a heart to this. Like kind of every once in a while, this show will just stumble across somebody that's a human being that cares about people that is very much affected. Yep. He says, look, I could tell she's really into you. I just want to make sure that you're not going to hurt her. Yeah. And, and Clayton's just dumbstruck, like, it's not my intention or her or whatever. But like this, this guy like really cares about his sister. I felt for the guy and, you know, we'll get to the end of this whole thing, but it doesn't end well for Serene. And I can only imagine what that's going to be like when she goes back. Cause I think the brother actually said to her, I I've been with you during these situations and I've been up with you crying until three o'clock in the morning. It's not, you know, it's, it's definitely painful. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a, uh, this is a lot of real life stuff here. But anyways, um, 
serene state ends. The obstacle course, the brother, um, Clayton has everyone well convinced that serene is going to be kept for further, and he's lied. Yeah, um, serene. Where we have serene's not being one hundred percent truthful about her age either, is no, she? No, no. no. okay, nah. yeah. Um, but Rachel, so canoeing with the gators and making out to where they were almost going to have sex in the water. Uh, very weird. The, very weird. She, she tells him up front, look, my dad is basically a dick and he's going to, he's going to grill you. Hold on. He's going to, hold gonna on. Be mean. Yeah. We'll get to the dad. There's a couple things we need to cover before that. First of all, they're, they're in, they're canoeing. They're in a clear they're in a, a canoe. Yeah. They're in a clear. They're in a plastic canoe in gator infested water waters. And then at some point he's like, "Oh my god, do you see that spider over there?" And they cut to some like African, yeah. some planted African spider. And did you was it just me or was it that one of those spiders that has like hundreds of baby spiders stuck to it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And I, I will say I will say this. The spider they were reacting to had nothing to do with the spider that the bachelor had right. an up close shot of. Right. It was, no, it, it's one of those things you know completely fake. Just watching reality TV, you kind of forget these things. Like, there's no way in hell they did this in in, in real time. But yes, they 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 may have even gone to the pet store down the street to get some kind of a spider to be on a branch. But um, but yes, you're right. It looks like there's a, a thousand spiders on top of the. Spider. Then he's he's completely freaked out that they're that they're in gator waters, and then they get to something that's a sign or something that says like kissing island and they're like okay we better kiss and then immediately they're like doing cannonballs into the <laughs> into the waters that were gator infested nearly yeah. just like 30 seconds earlier yes yeah that's exactly what happened. i also rachel i would put as a top draft pick for bachelor in paradise she is she's exactly the kind of girl you want for that show. She's, she's very bubbly. She's, um, she's thick. She's got it all going on. She's, she's got easygoing personality, but I did like that. She, she said at one point, our relationship has exceeded every expectation I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah. What, what is your expectation of a relation is your expectation of a relationship that the guy is also dating three other girls that he likes better than you because that is pretty low relationship expectations and you think that her mobbed up dad could maybe like influence her to have higher expectations of what a man what a what a male female relationship could offer. Yeah, I, Rachel, she's not the brightest bulb. Lover, she's fantastic. She- and she's very physical. I I could see why Dad has been overprotective yes. of, of Rachel. Oh, I agree. So, so, um, so we're introduced to this Dad that we've been told is going to be mean. He's an asshole and everything else. And he's like central casting totally. mob figure. No, he looks like, yeah. He's yeah. Italian, and he looks no. like he has retired no. from the mafia and has a head injury. No, as he said he is he is a fucking he's in the witness protection program right jason right. like that's where they send them orlando florida most of the people <laughs> in orlando florida are being hidden there 
by the federal government. It right. only tracks. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And um, so, so Pops, there's something a little off about him. He keeps giving uh, Clayton the evil eye on the introduction. Uh, Rachel's sister's there, I want to say. I think it's her mother. I'm not even sure who, who the family members are. But anyways, uh, the big showdown happens when Pops sits down with Clayton. And I was surprised that, that the dad actually had some pretty like lucid uh, direct questions that are good questions. Literally, how well do you know my daughter? Uh, do you know her dreams? That, that's pretty. That's a pretty damn good question. Like that was a great question. You know her? Yes. How, how can you know her? Um, and then a more practical question, like what if she wants to go to Europe? I guess she's a pilot, and would you go there? And Clayton kind of answers it. Um, Clayton does a pretty good job with the dude, um, and the and pops by the end of it says, "Look, I don't know you. I don't trust you yet." If I talk to her and I get the sense that that she thinks you're the one, um, I'm I'm down with whatever she's down with, and I'll, I'll I'll pat you on the back on the way out the door if if that's the case. Totally. So so what happens? He gives no blessing. He says, yeah, he says goodbye to the uh, family. Pops shakes his hand and then pats him on the back, gives the blessing. Uh, Clayton and Rachel go out and make out for more. Rachel tells him uh, that she loves him. Blah blah blah. So. Yeah. Four dates, four over or four uh, hometowns, um, and only three roses to give out. Now, what happens next week is overnights, fantasy suites. Yep, yep. So Clayton needs to pick the three women that he most wants to uh, be physical with. Um. But before he makes this really hard decision, he's got to call an audience with our host, Jesse Palmer. Um, the talented Kyle you know, Brandt, yes. This is the first time we've seen or heard from Jesse in a long time. Like, they, he's, he's, he's rarely the there. Chris Harrison. He's not, he's not like a, a present host that is always around. He just kind of comes in, comes and goes. And this was a great one. I think earlier in the season we made fun of a, an interaction where – uh, Clayton called him in and tried to complain to him or, or tried to tell him his emotions. And Jesse's like, you got this man. Good luck. And he just walked out of the room. Yeah. Uh, Jesse does the exact same thing here. Clayton was basically like, I got, I think I have, I have a thing for all four of these women. And Jesse's like, wow. And then here's him out. And Jesse's like, um, sounds like you got a plan. My man, no and advice. Hand, Good luck. Yes. No advice. Like, <laughs> He's the worst advice giver <laughs> for a guy who's been on the show for a guy who quote knows it works. Yes. He, yes. He, he ended up marrying a woman that wasn't on the show. Maybe they heard our show because in the first couple episodes, he's like, I remember on my journey, um, you know, I, I was having some of the same questions and all I can tell you is I know this process works. And you, we're like, wait, no, it doesn't. <laughs> You're not married to the chick you met on the show. Yeah. Um, so Jesse comes and goes and uh, Clayton's got three roses, four women, all of them. He he has strong feelings for Susie right away. The beauty queen gets the rose. Uh, Gabby, in a bit of an upset, gets the second rose. So it's down to Rachel, I was surprised mafia that. daughter yep. and Serene, whose brother just broke our heart by yep. telling us what's going to happen when he 
when he loses Serene. Doing his Obama impression. He gives the rose to Rachel and Serene lit. It's like one of those rare, rare moments in the show where there's legitimate, like, surprise. She was pissed. Yeah. She was really upset. Obviously, he had her and her family convinced that this is going the right way. Um, You know, he does see, can I walk you out? And I'll say this, man. He goes bachelor, like, paint by the numbers with his cliches. And it only pissed her off. Like she asked a legitimate question. Like when you said the other night that you see me as, as, as being the one or, you know, whatever, like, like, why would you say that or something? And he's like, Oh no, no, it has nothing to do with you. Um, you know, it's not you. It's that I have stronger feelings, stronger connections. And I just need to go with my heart. And like these like bachelor, you know, paint by number cliches, I guess are good to go to when you have to, but in that moment, like she needed a little bit, like more of a human. (laughs) He's like, all right, see you later. uh, He's like, I had, I just had a stronger connection with the other. It's like, dude, that's obvious. Yeah. You got her to the final four. What he didn't want to say is the producers told me I couldn't have two black people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so, you know, the, the previews for next week, which is uh, Monday and Tuesday night, by the way, um, is that, you know, he has fallen in love with, I think, the rest of the three. Well, yeah, obviously he's going to have sex with the rest of the three. Of course, he, who wouldn't? they have they've been teasing for weeks now that he tells one of them that or both of them. Um, I'm in love with both of you. And I we've been in both of all of us have been physical. <laughs> like, wow. uh, so. That's how this thing's going to end. Yes. The way that they tease it, it just looks like everyone's going to go their separate ways. It looks like there literally is not going to be a choice this year. Oh, could be. I could be wrong, but that's the way they kind of teased it. The women tell all will be somewhere in between for a little bit extra drama. Yes. But that's it, man. We're at overnight. So I don't know. I I don't traffic in spoilers and neither do you, but I did see reality said something about the fact that when Rachel is talking to her dad in this episode, she has lost her voice. Oh, in this, this past episode. Yeah. In this past episode. And according to reality, Steve is that's because that was shot later. And I don't know what that has to do with anything. I don't know what the controversy is there. Cause I don't read ahead. Cause I don't want to see the spoilers, but I just, I just wondered if you knew if that tidbit uh, I knew that she. I knew that she was losing her voice, and that. But they would go on to the. Um, they would go to the interview portion, like the where she walks you through the date, you know, the interview, and and her voice was fine. So I I don't know how that works. Yeah, and so there is something going on after uh, after the season. We'll read up on it, but yeah, there, there's something something weird going on. Yeah, definitely something weird going on. And I, I think if he if he picks somebody, it's going to be Susie. I think that's pretty obvious. Gabby, like Gabby and Rachel are are one and one a in the in the in the Bachelor in Paradise draft. So I can't wait to see them there. And uh, we'll we'll catch up on this. Let's try to catch up on this next week, Jason. How's that sound? Let's do it. Let's All do right, it. for Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode number. We don't number these ones. This has been the Bachelor. 
lifestyle from the bar lifestyle.com give us five stars and we will see you next time balls deep so you can sleep with your third or fourth girl in a week we're making a connection we're falling in love we're chilling in the mansion outside the hot tub we starting in la and then we travel the world we toasting champagne we got 32 girls who gets a hometown and who's the most hated who had the best date and who's getting eliminated we always speculating like you wouldn't but I cheated, logged on to reality, Steve So, it's the Bachelor lifestyle we living in It's the ball of lifestyle we living in It's the Bachelor lifestyle we living in